0: What's up everybody, welcome to Comic Book Club, I'm Alex, I'm Pete, and Justin uh, unfortunately is not here this week, he is out in LA, living that LA LA life, LA Justin, I can't believe that he has traveled across the country in the middle of a pandemic twice, you know who must love that? His wife. (laughs) Oh yeah, his whole family's gotta love that. Yeah, ooh, Failed Superheroes Club here, here in the comic says, kick him off the show, I think that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. But you have big news. You've tried something. You've now <laughs> entered the world as a full human being. Yeah, I so just can't believe
0: you're the opportunity to finally kick Justin off of the show. Yeah. You you just don't care. You want to talk about the uh, thing that I want to talk more about.
1: more important. There's something oh, okay. more pressing.
0: Right. Uh, my big news, and this is pretty exciting, and I hope everybody's very excited for me. I, tonight... Tried Dunkaroos for the very first time.
1: Come on, man! That's just that's just magical. You Welcome can't see to it, the but world. But there's a couple
0: of people here right off camera who are clapping and cheering for me.
1: Yeah, Dunkaroos, <laughs> man, they're fantastic.
0: <laughs> All right, I so got a uh, got a package from. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, it's hold on, and the name Dentury. Coming to DBS All Access. That's all about the Nintendo versus Sega rivalry. It's
1: called console wars. I gotta figure that out. I uh, I saw I peeped the package on your uh, photo there. Uh, mm-hmm. Kool Aid. You also got Kool Aid. I was uh, I was uh, so much Kool
0: Aid. I
1: looked up. So yeah, they sent a bunch of
0: '80s stuff uh, because of the Sega versus Nintendo rivalry, including a bunch of candy. They put it under power ups. That was, the, there was a little box of power-ups in there, which is yeah. cute. Uh, and so, yeah, they had the Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos, a couple of people are asking here. Dunkaroos are, I guess, I just found out what they actually are because I only heard the name, but I never had them um, because we ate organic as a kid. Uh, oh. They're tiny well, like, little cookies.
1: Weird flex was that? Oh, That I'm is like, not a flex. Okay. I You're ate like, Amaranth oh. Crunch
0: until I was sick and felt terrible uh are like dime-sized cookies that you dip in actual frosting like it's not a dip that's like frosting it's
1: legit just frosting frosting. yeah and the best is you make little sandwiches you know dip Mm -hmm. one and then you know dip another you got like a double stuff going on Uh, oh i figured it out right away nice and then also like uh they also had ones that were like the shape they were like kind of like animal cracker style where it was just like different mm-hmm. kangaroo shapes and you could just dip that. It wasn't always just the circle disc. So, you know, interesting. Oh,
0: okay. That's good to know. Uh, on the Kool-Aid thing, I want to mention they sent six packages of Kool-Aid, I think. Nice. Nice. Which uh, that was another thing that I never really had, but immediately what? I was like, because uh, you know, it's sugar water, whatever. Wait,
1: but yeah, sure. It Again, is sugar we, water, but we it drank uh,
0: naturally squeezed juices every morning. Oh, my God. I hate your <laughs> Did You've had Kool-Aid before, though, right? Yes, I've had Kool-Aid before. Okay. But right. immediately Please I was say. like, what am I going to do with all this Kool-Aid? So I looked up Kool-Aid cocktails. And the only Kool-Aid cocktail recipes are like, here's what you got to do. You make some
1: Kool-Aid and you put liquor in it. Yeah, that's right. That's all you need. <laughs> that's it. Vodka and Kool-Aid is mwah, chef's yep. kiss. Yeah, that was pretty much
0: it. Folks. We have an exciting show for you that is not just all about swag bags that I got sent to the mail. We have two great guests for you tonight. Uh, Later in the show, we are going to have Fred Van Lenty, one of our absolute favorite guests. Uh, But while we wait to do that, uh, we're going to invite our first guest here, who is one of our future favorite guests. I don't want to sell him short, uh, but Matthew Klein is the valiant VP of sales and marketing and to be clear about that uh, he is the vp of sales and marketing at valiant he also <laughs> is a very valiant person matthew Aww. welcome to the show
2: hey, Hi, you thank you so much for having me on
0: oh my gosh oh, yeah. thanks for coming on i love the valiant t-shirt and love <laughs> the is that a comic book bookcase behind you
2: um actually, no, that is a wall treatment that my oh. infinitely better half did. However, <laughs> my phone nice. bookcase is not too far away. All right. No, yeah. it's, okay. It's, okay. okay. No,
1: nice. Yeah.
0: yeah, you have to have it in re- reaching length. That's super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I also it, want to mention important. if anybody has any questions throughout the show, I see a couple of you are dropping questions and ask a question uh right now. Uh but if you have any questions for either of our guests as well, you can drop them there in the comments on Crowdcast over on the tube. I'm keeping an eye on that. Uh you can mm-hmm. drop your questions there too uh but matthew uh again thanks so much for coming on this is i don't know if you're aware been a weird time for the comic book industry i, I
2: have no idea what you're talking about no Everything about. Is business as usual for at least like six months i don't yeah. know what you mean by that
0: uh well let's talk about the covid shutdown obviously comics sure. went away essentially for the most part for a while slowly started to come back and for the most part they're kind of like I'd say 80%, 90%, at least in terms of the amount of comics that are coming out every week. But what was that shutdown like for Valiant? What was done in response to that, and what's happening going forward?
2: Well, I think, look, it's it's an unprecedented time uh, for the industry, for the country, for everything going on. So we we were looking at it, and we had a heads up pretty early just seeing the tea leaves, as it were, Um, that we figured that our distributor, Diamond Comics, who for many, many, many years is one of the still is the largest distributor of comics. We knew that there was a very good chance that they were going to have to cease operations for a time um, until health guidelines can be clarified and, and what have you. So that means no new comics for months on end. And so along with Valiant, I think every publisher was put in a position where more importantly than ever, we had to figure it out. Okay. When, when, how, if, do you put pencils down? What do you have to do now? You know, you now have three to four months where there's no revenue coming in from comics and new books being put out. How does that change your entire budget for 2020 into 2021? How does that change your publishing schedule? How does that change your relationship with talent who, you know, are are also going to be looking for, all right, we need that paycheck now more than ever too. Um, and it's, it's one of the things we – so what we did, and it's one of the things that Valiant really prides ourselves on, and Fred will attest to this, um, is that we got on the phone with the comic shop owners. We, we make it a point at Valiant to talk to the shop owners because they're the ones ordering the comics. From publishers, it's not from – it's not customers who order from us, from Valiant it's the shop owners. So immediately we got on the horn. What are you going through? What do you need? How can we help? What can we do during this time? And what do you need when we're coming back? What do you need as things start reopening back up? So to do that, we've had to reevaluate how many books do you put out per month? What books are they going to be? Do you keep them regular ongoing? Do you start breaking up the arcs? When, where, how? It's a never ending puzzle. And even now, With new guidelines, new cases, new health concerns, wildfires, hurricanes, earthquakes, Um, the 2020 just keeps on giving. So every single week we have to reevaluate, all right, what's best for the marketplace, what's best for the customer, what's best for the shop owner, and how do we help and how do we be a part of it in a way that is meaningful, that works for them, not just for us.
0: Well, and also, I have to imagine from the marketing perspective, it's a unique challenge as well, because not, not that there's one tried and true way necessarily comic books, but you have know, basic things like there's physical comic books, there are conventions that happen that people physically go to, and then none of that is really happening anymore. So how'd you tackle that?
2: How, or how are you tackling that? Well, one of the things that we did is we really focused on uh, engagement on social media, uh, we started a program called the, the Valiant Hero of the Week where we literally just pit like, a group of heroes in steel cage matches who would win. You know, we we put out free comic books. Um, we put out number one issues every week uh, for months on end and just said, hey, we know you're stuck at home, but we're there with you, right? Because one of the things that you lose about conventions but not but also about all the stores that had to reduce hours, reduce staff that were shut down is – it's all about community, right? I mean, look at us right now. And so the question is, how can you support that community? How can you still promote that community? So we put our creators, we put ourselves onto shows like yours. We did more interactive engagement on social media. We went out there and we're doing digital conventions. We're making more YouTube content to put out there with creators. So it's, it's we have to go to you we're not expecting you to come to us that's the philosophy do you want to ask you about your
0: take on digital conventions Since you bring that up because we've certainly discussed that a lot here on the show i think there's been mixed reactions depending on how they worked and certainly it's a work in progress in general but with a couple of those big ones like san diego had comic-con at home new york comic-con of course has their metaverse take on it that's coming up and there's wizard world things happening all the time, just random zoom chats happening all the time. <laughs> um, how do you feel these are working? What do you, what do you, what do you think in particular from any of these digital takes has kind of popped more than anything else?
2: Um, I think that I, I think to your point, it's a work in progress and everyone had to put this together very quickly on the fly. Um, and so I, I think that for the first times out, they've done a phenomenal job. I, You know, my job can be stressful at times, but to be read pop and, you know, be running so many conventions, suddenly you're told, well, it looks like for about a year, we're not going to have any live events. Like that is a, that is a situation I can't even imagine uh, being in. And I think that they've done it really well. I think that one of the coolest things that you're looking at is finding ways to allow the creators to engage with fans. I think that's because that's one of the biggest draws you know, at a convention, going through Artist Alley, talking to them, flipping through, you know, a portfolio, asking about conventions, getting stuff signed. So finding a way to keep that that live personal interaction, I think, is something that we're going to keep seeing develop. Um, I think that DC fandom did an amazing job. Um, but one of the things, too, is they they have a juggernaut behind them fitting the bill, which mm-hmm. which doesn't hurt. They have an incredible multimedia company behind them that has the resources. And I think they've used it beautifully. Um, but I think one of the things that we always get hungry for is we get hungry for news. We get hungry for what's new.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and so I think that moving forward, you're going to see more of that from places like Metaverse. Um, and we'll see what happens with San Diego next year. So I think that's, that's really the key. How can you keep that personal? How can you keep it feeling like you're there without actually being there? It's not easy. Not easy at
0: all. <laughs> uh, so are we going to be seeing the Valiant virtual van at some point in the future? <laughs> Did
2: you ever see the actual van when we had the Valiant Mobile? Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah that was that was my job when I first yeah. started. I literally drove the Valiant Mobile to Comic oh. Shop every Wednesday. Wow. Nice. Bee traps in Virginia are fun, guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> when your car is wrapped in artwork of the Eternal Warrior and Archer and Armstrong. Oh, that's um, it's, fun. That's it, awesome. It, it, it's crazy. But you know what? Uh, what's really cool is like we're going to be part of Metaverse. We filmed and submitted our panel. We're really excited for that. Um, there's an organization called Comics Pro that deals with the retailers. They're putting on some virtual stuff next year. We're going to be part of that. And actually, my guy, Greg Katzman, who's friend of the show um he's he and i are are dreaming up some more ways to to be even active uh with the uh, the digital cons going forward so yes you'll be seeing lots of valiants. you'll be seeing lots of announcements from us too very shortly which we're really really excited to be able to reveal
0: well let's talk about that i mean i'm sure there's a lot of things you can't talk about but i'm horrible
2: keeping secrets Alex. i'm (laughs) oh great so just tell us everything right
1: please yeah work your magic push him Okay, so tell us something you shouldn't.
2: <laughs> tell me something I shouldn't. Um, so, we have a book coming out next year that I'm very excited about that our fans have been waiting for and are very excited about. And they don't know how excited they should be. By the way, we're about to have a guest because my cat wrote. Yeah, her. Very much what I love about
0: this shot is it looks like the cat is 30 times bigger than you. Yeah, it's a
2: giant. (laughs) She is 30. If she thinks she's 30 times bigger than me, she acts like she's 30. (laughs) She might eat me right now. It's very possible. Um, And then I can't tell you anything. to the,
0: the I'm tale. sorry, but just for anybody listening to the podcast, the cat legitimately looks like somebody is doing a puppet off screen with just a fake hand. He's like ah. coming right in. It's the. fact. I mean, thing. if
2: if you want her as a co-star moving forward, she's available. Absolutely, oh, no, wonderful. Absolutely. Justin's so
0: off great. in LA. Justin's yeah. off in LA. We don't know when he's coming back. Bring the cat on every week. Yeah, look, look at that. Rogue,
2: Rogue will be happy to be your, your new co-host. Too. <laughs> but um I'm
0: sorry yeah, she is, the is named thing. rogue
2: after the character she is. Oh okay um, great. Thank you. So uh so what I'm going to say to you is that uh the <laughs> the announcements are coming uh we just made an announcement today no not today yesterday on Sci-Fi Wire for the next arc of Bloodshot and what I shouldn't tell you is that you should keep an eye out uh for the first week of October for our next giant announcement mm-hmm. for a book that we have been so excited to reveal for probably about eight or nine months now. We've been teasing it on social media. We've teased it in the past at panels, but we're finally going to reveal the series, the creative team, when you're going to be able to get it in 2021. Rogue is so excited right now. She can't stay out of the shop. Yeah. It's going to be amazing, and the more doesn't I don't know to keep she her did, off, if if Rogue she touches won. you
1: if
0: Rogue touches you she'll steal your power but she'll also fall asleep
1: she doesn't want to do that yeah exactly that's true it's very yeah. true
2: but um, yes so look first week of October there's going to be a big announcement you might even go uh, to a certain uh, visionary of heat. Um, as a news outlet when the time comes. Mm -hmm. All right. I see what
0: you're saying. Uh, You're talking about the visionary of heat, of course, on the heat reporter. No, I I get it. Uh, I I did want to ask, uh, just before we let you go here, though, another thing, not to dwell on the negative, but more look at the positive going forward, this was going to be a very big year for Valiant kicking off with Bloodshot hitting in theaters, that not only did yeah. comics shut down, but theaters shut down just as Bloodshot was coming out as well. Are there thoughts going forward about that? I mean, obviously nobody knows exactly what's happening in terms of shooting or productions or anything, but in terms of that uh, line going back and forth between the big media properties, and the comic book properties, yeah. what can we expect from Valiant to the next year or so?
2: We're really excited because we do have Harbinger over at Paramount right now, um, and I even like our parent company put out a statement a few weeks ago talking about how there's a projected 2021 release. So until I hear otherwise, I'm I'm holding on to that for sure. Um, but I, you know, I also hear about negotiations with other studios for television animation, um, video games too. There's a lot going on in the video game world for us. We've announced. Mm-hmm. Um, New games with Blowfish Studios. We have a remaster of the Shadow Man game uh, for Night Dive, which for any of you who had that on N64, you're going to be very excited very soon. Um, So, you know, the future future is bright. It's not so much about what isn't happening. It's more everything gets delayed as everything has been getting delayed. But we're really, really excited for more announcements and more news uh, when we can put it out for Harbinger and keep your – eyes peeled because you will hear more about uh certain things i just mentioned sooner than you think and i can't wait to come back and tell you more about it all right awesome well we'll
0: definitely have to have you back matthew thanks you so much for coming on can i can i say
2: one thing to fred can i say one thing to fred valente who i have i have been his personal valiant chauffeur many times (laughs) um go phillies
0: oh wow this is either a good thing or a bad thing i can't tell but we'll find out very soon Uh, matthew again thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure good luck with everything valiant thank you take care all right matthew ryan uh check out all of the stuff coming out from valiant whenever it's coming out uh if you couldn't figure out the clues heat vision over at thr that's the place you want to head to uh presumably for some news in the next couple of days or weeks about Valiant stuff, as well as, of course, this show, where we'll be having the cat back. We'll be leaking all sorts of secrets. So that's oh, very yeah. exciting. Oh, uh, but we are going to bring our second guest here into the stream. As mentioned, one of our favorite guys to have on the show, and he is the writer of the book of Basketball, a fast-break history of hoops. Uh, and uh, he's going to talk all that. Hopefully he's going to explain what basketball thing is. And Pete, oh, here he is, Fred <laughs> <of the day. laughs> Amazing! Oh, wait, oh. he's gone again. Oh. He's gone. It, Jesus, his athleisure was too strong, is it's what's happening, strong.
1: I yeah.
0: think. Yeah. Uh, oh, here oh. he is again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Fred, you there? Audio? Audio? No? No. Oh, hello! This happens <laughs> I sometimes. Yeah, basketball. No. <laughs> He's <currently laughs> doing a little Harlem Globetrotters thing. Tell you what, uh, Fred, I'm gonna kick you off of here and reinvite you. And sometimes that works. All right. So give it one second. Goodbye. There we go. Wow, this is this is fun
1: as usual. Yes, Fred's worth the weight, though. It's Fred is worth the weight. There's no question. It Pete, are you a able... fan
0: of the basketball?
1: Yes. Oh, yes, here he is. I am. Hello, Fred.
0: It, yeah, oh, I can hear it. Wait, Fred, don't yeah. no talk. Can you hear us, Fred? We can hear you. Fred? Fred? <laughs> this is going to be great for the podcast. Say something.
1: We oh, can no. hear your audio.
0: Hey, He's just typing. Is he doing a bit? Uh,
1: <coughs> we can hear
0: you. I can not hear
3: you guys, so. oh, can no. you hear me? Yes. Yeah,
1: yes,
0: we, can yes, we, can. we can
3: hear you.
1: Yeah, We can hear you.
3: Okay, I can't hear you, so this will be fun. Oh. Can you hold up signs like we're doing Bob Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Throw yep. the cue cards across?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. We could probably just write it in there. Uh, yeah. This is great. It's we got a cat in the basketball. first interview. We got also a cat in the first. Marcel
3: fir- Marceau interview. I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: oh, First End Up guy says at least Alex is going to edit this out of the podcast version. I don't edit these podcasts. Nat. <laughs> 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 uh it, What if – no, you can't hear anything – um, here, what, hold on. Pete, uh, tell a story about something.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk to Fred about basketball because, um, I grew up playing a lot of basketball, uh, watch a lot of basketball. And so, uh, I'm excited to see what his passion is behind this new project. And, uh, it'll be excited to talk basketball with Fred if we can, uh, eventually talk basketball with Fred. So, Uh, uh, He did a bunch of promos where he was rocking old school basketball (laughs) on the court. And so, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see if he played it all or if he's just doing it for the book. Um, Yeah, my NBA team, unfortunately, is the Knicks. Um, You know, I can't. You know, I know it's been rough, but that's that's, it's tough. I appreciate I appreciate that beer cat. Nope. Uh, Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we can hear you okay here I'm gonna try
0: uh, kicking you out one more time Fred hold on oh man it's tough it is tough life in these uh, United
1: States right now it's real tough it was there funny because go. he was like oh sorry guys can't hear you
3: and I thought he was doing a bit because we I didn't... thought he was doing a bit as well uh, but it was not in fact a bit too bad so every time I can hear you unless I'm on screen
1: okay oh really Huh? So he goes off screen, hear us, and then come back on screen. All right. Huh? That's pretty. can you hear us up. now. Wait here. Let's try this.
0: Pete, can you? Uh, Fred, can you hear us now? Nope. <laughs> Maybe I will edit this out. Oh, man. so why don't you
3: just drop me? A, can you guys hear me? Yes. So just we'll we'll uh, drop me a question in the chat.
0: Okay. Right. Well, that's what we're gonna do. All right. So first question.
3: Thank Fred. you. What the American Basketball Association. Maybe
1: start with the Philly thing. He, uh, the last guessing.
3: What is basketball? That's an excellent question. I think Plato said it best when he said, a bla- "Basketball is a round rubber ball that you shoot into a hoop." Uh, that weirdly, it's a net, not a basket. Although, fun fact: as you can see in the beginning of the complex story of basketball, the uh, they originally were peach baskets. Uh, nailed up at the other end of the gym.
0: Wait, hold on. I'm asking another one here. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to ask you one. Oh, okay. Go for it, Pete.
3: Well, Pete, since the womb, I really wanted to do a comic book about basketball. And uh, fortunately, I had the opportunity when the fine folks at Ten Speed said, we'll pay you money to do it. And I said, that's awesome. That's great. Let's do it. And uh, a lot of research and a lot of... Uh, uh, <laughs> watching of old basketball footage and going to the basketball hall of fame in Springfield ensued. And, uh, two years later, we have 162 page comic. Uh, next question.
0: The book is great. What was different about tackling a history of basketball versus your other history
3: books? The fun thing about tackling basketball as opposed to some of my other history books is that, and I'm just going to pretend I understand your questions, and I'm just going to read them right up the chat. Uh, It's a little different because the, um, you know, before I was doing sort of heady philosophical or historical topics like American history and action presidents or um, this history of comics. Right now, Ryan and I are doing the uh, Ryan Dunlady, my frequent uh, partner in crime, are are doing the comic book history of animation, which is soliciting right now in previews and IDW's, so check that out. That'll be out in November. Um, it was different because the um, it's a it's a subject that touches so many different um, lives. And types of people across across history there's so many things you can talk about in basketball in terms of race you can talk about we do a lot of women's basketball we talk about all the controversies in college basketball um, we talk about uh, paralympians and, and disabled folks playing basketball it's it's a really exciting topic. It's an international game it's, it was fun to talk about how it's spread out beyond America and to China and the world and it just um, it's just a topic that 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 until I started researching the book I didn't realize how vast it was and, and how much it touches people's lives I, I've gotten a, a really unusual level of excitement about this book uh, you know folks you know folks like history and philosophy and they also like comics but this is sort of this almost hits like dread scent in the middle you know what I mean it's, it's this very broad topic that lots of people are excited about uh, and a lot of like oh my kid doesn't like to read I'm going to get him this book and have him check it out and all that stuff so mm-hmm your you cool. question? Uh, I do watch uh, more basketball now. Um, I, I, I fear there's going to be a Celtics-Lakers finals in the NBA, uh, which I'm not a fan of because, uh, believe it or not, in the entire history of the NBA, the Celtics and the Lakers have won 60% of all NBA finals. So this is like... You know the most sort of boilerplate uh, finals of all time, and that does in fact happen. So I would rather that didn't happen. Uh, and that's um, I did watch the Last Dance, the Jordan doc on ESPN. I thought it was terrific. Um, if you guys have HBO Max, another great. If you're you know, jonesing for more uh, basketball material, once you finish the comic book story of basketball, you can um, uh, check out uh, the Magic Magic and Bird on um, on HBO Max. is really terrific. That's a great that's a great documentary that's a really moving story about their sort of parallel paths and their friendship and how that all went to pass and um uh the, another good one on HBO max is um is the city is city dump which came out a couple of years many decades ago actually it's about the this very notorious point shaving scandal which almost ruined the ncaa oh, in the yeah, late 40s yeah. where players were busted for uh cheating they were purposely missing shots to get uh, point spreads into a certain range so crooked gamblers could bet on them. So that's a really other fantastic... uh, 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 Doc. Yes! Thumbs up! I understand.
0: Yes. Uh, So Ben the Border Collie says, Fred, do you have a whole chapter on Pete's Nick's misery? It's from Ben the Border Collie. Uh,
3: This is Pete's question? Because there's multiple Uh, questions in the chat. Oh, okay
0: great. We I should have
3: thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Fred have a whole chapter on Pete's Nick's misery. Uh, Knicks fans are not going to be a huge fan of this book. They don't get a lot of airtime, unfortunately. Uh, you know, they had those great, you know, you the, the Frazier years and the Patrick Ewing years. Uh, yeah. the, the Knicks are yeah. sort of famously... Uh, another interesting thing about the point-shaving scandal was the Knicks kind of almost rescued... Madison Square Garden because Madison Square Garden wasn't actually going to kick basketball out entirely. They, they were known as sort of the mecca of basketball because they host both the NIT and the NCAA championships. But they... Um, uh, because of the scandal so much... it Actually, the scandal sort of focused on the Beavers, who were the, uh, the City College of New York players, who were the big college team, believe it or not, in the 40s. Um, but then the Knicks, who were part of the BAA, uh, which was the precursor of the NBA... Uh, they actually They were owned by Madison Square Garden But because their attendance was so pathetic They, they wouldn't actually play at the Garden They had to go up To the uh, the Armory, I think on 69th yeah, Street Because yeah. there was like they have, The, the like, attendance for the year was like 20,000, it's not good It's not good at all um, Yeah, the, the early BAA teams are hilarious My favorite story was that the Philadelphia Warriors Or the precursors to this, today's Golden State Warriors Their team owner was so cheap they wouldn't pay for a bus, so they just drive the players out to the garden, dump them off on the sidewalk, and then circle the garden while the game is being played. And then they pick them up and drove them away again. So it was uh, it was pretty
0: crazy. Uh, cool. So uh, Pete says I agree. Pete, you could probably read your own question if you want. He uh, said,
1: "Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm just seeing where it is." Oh, yeah, I agree. Basketball touches lives. Sorry, is this, the, is this the question life. about
3: the father? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know, I. Sort of. Like, I was never a big sports fan growing up. I mean, I know, like, Jock, you look at me, you're like, that guy knows sports. Um, but uh, I, I've always really enjoyed going to uh, my buddies uh, when I was in high school. I grew up outside Cleveland. And it was always fun. The Cavaliers were always terrible in the 80s, but it was always fun to go see the games live, and it was just really spectacular. It wasn't really my wife, of all people, got me into sports specifically. Mets baseball, yes, I, you know, we're right here with the Knicks fans in terms of our overall patheticness. That, that was Matt busting my balls or when he said go fills, obviously because when he would drive me around for for valiant events the, we would sometimes put baseball games on and it was often my, my Mets beating up on his fills, but the, the tables have turned as they do so often in sports yeah. uh, and the fills look pretty good this year um, but yeah so and and uh, you know like I'm kind of uh, lazy and so uh, Barclay Center opened down the street from my house so now I can go see live basketball by walking 20 minutes that way and go watch the Nets, because that's where the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets play. So I'm now one of the 16 living Brooklyn Nets fans. Mm. We're a small group. We're, I wouldn't say we're proud, but we're not ashamed. Nice. I would say that's the distinction. That's the distinction. Uh, here,
0: I'll read this one. The visual, so in the book, the visual of one singular brain subbing in for a group think. Is pretty gruesome but hilarious. Where did this come
3: from? That's the brain question. So, uh, I um, what's the polite way to put this? So, like, I read a lot of basketball books, and um, one thing you first notice about a lot of basketball writers is uh, they're 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 generally white writers writing about a black dominated sport. So they kind of overcompensate by being like totally in your face man and I just like basketball writing I just want to shut the fuck up man like I I just it just it's too much man it's too much and uh but I I feel like they're also all copying Bill Simmons who was a guy who's uh, obviously owns the Ringer podcast uh, company I think owns all podcasts. Isn't he listening to this right now? Is that why? Yes. Is that why he killed my audio? Because I'm going to start talk. talking shit, and so he wanted to like shut that guy up. <laughs> uh, but uh, Simmons wrote this book, this very long book called The Big Book of Basketball, is a huge bestseller. Um, and in the beginning of it, Isaiah Thomas of all people tells uh, wow. Bill Simmons it, the whole thing sort of starts with this rambling thing about about he's going to give you the secret of basketball. And I, Isaiah Thomas says the secret of basketball's unselfish play, essentially. And, you know, basketball is unusual in the teams in team sports because it's something that a lot of big men, a lot of individual players have dominated and can dominate and have dominated, Jordan being obvious. We had LeBron. We had Kobe. Back in the 50s, we had George McCann, the so-called Mr. Basketball, who uh, was big in the Minneapolis Lakers later. He was the commissioner of the American Basketball Association. Uh, where the net started out, um, but yeah, uh, all the great um, teams in the in really since the beginning. Since if you can talk about the um, the uh, Buffalo Germans, who were the first big barnstorming team, the first big pro team, up uh, to the New York Renaissance and and the Harlem the original Harlem Globetrotters, who were from Chicago and didn't trot the globe so go figure that one out uh, and, uh, all the way up through the the, the Jordans uh, championship teams they they all worked as a single unit and it was fun and I think Joe Cooper our wonderful artist executed this really well where he had we had all the the heads going up to one brain kind of creepy but as a visual metaphor it's effective. <laughs> Uh, This one, this next one is
0: from Ramsey Hassan on YouTube. I dug the play that Fred and his wife wrote about Jack Kirby. What other comic legends, fascinating comic histories will they collab on a new
3: play about? Uh, this is the question from YouTube from Ramsey. So, uh, we, uh, two things about that. It's a great question about, uh, about King Kirby. So, I guess the first thing I'll say is that King Kirby, uh, I'm sort of making news here on Comic Book Club Live. They may have taken away Alex and Pete's beautiful voices, but they will not stop me from breaking news on Comic Book Club Live. Um, and that is that, uh, King Kirby's going to be an audio drama, for those of you who have had a chance to hear it, This can be released on Spotify and Netflix and all those fun places wow. at the end of the month. So it'll be a four-issue, uh, four four-episode podcast audio drama miniseries uh, with the original New York City cast. So that's super exciting. Um, and we are collaborating on a couple of things right now. The play we are working on right now is set, Is it's a comedy called Tragedy, um, and it's set during the tragedy competitions in ancient greece and the hilarity of oedipus rex being put on and all the backstage shenanigans that went on in the original uh production of oedipus rex fun because number one togas are funny um and so are weird sexcapades right am i right yes no maybe yeah uh
0: just as a follow-up here uh so given everything are you Uh, to be able to perform not on stage yeah the
3: promos the promos have definitely been fun to uh, do for the basketball book uh my wife shot me uh do making idiot myself on my local basketball court we went early enough in the morning so children would not laugh at me only people on the internet as was intended um but yeah, it's been fun. I got a lot of I actually got a lot of podcast requests because because I, I got this get up. I I'm I'm a Syracuse University alumnus, and they obviously Cuse. have a big Syri- They have a big basketball program, so I decked myself out also in orange Syracuse basketball gear, and uh, I had people vote on which one. So nice,
0: nice. Yeah, I'm uh, um. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, Agitato from YouTube. How many chapters are about the Flint
3: Tropics Jackie Moon Fought a Bear? Uh, the Flint Tropics. Isn't that a reference to the <laughs> Will Ferrell movies? or <laughs> Semi-pro, right? Uh, Which I've not seen in a long time. You know what's a good movie? Since you asked me about basketball movies, Uncle Drew, underrated movie. I thought it was funny. That That guy from Get Out is really good in it. Uncle Drew, number one basketball movie. Number two basketball movie. Uh, Absolutely, he got game. It's also one of my top three all-time Spike Lee movies. It's terrific. Third is White Men Can't Jump. Black
1: Space Jam doesn't mm-hmm. count I
3: just sort of pretend I, I think of Space Jam like Bigfoot I, I, I vaguely am aware of its existence but I neither confirmed it, deny it.
0: <laughs> um, question here one interesting thing I thought in the book was how women's basketball started very soon after men's basketball
3: why did it take so long to catch God though I think I know
0: why
2: Wow, I've
3: actually gotten kind of good at reading Alex's lips. <laughs> 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 now, I also have the, ch- the, the chat to help me out here. Uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> the game of basketball was invented in a um, uh, a YMCA school in Springfield, Massachusetts where they were training phys ed instructors. And... Uh, next door to it so after the first basketball game like literally the same week some elementary school teachers next door came in and saw them playing they're like what's that and so literally then they taught them so then women's basketball actually literally started like four days after men's basketball and uh so some speculation is that um women's basketball it's good that they wandered into because otherwise volleyball might've been the primary women's indoor sport because volleyball is also invented in the same, you know, uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, YMCA. Wow. School. But, uh, I guess Alex meant, uh, the question was more why, um, why did the pro game take so long to get started? Like the WNBA. And there was another uh, competing league called the women's basketball league. I think it was, um, The book's right here. I could look it up. But, you know, you write books, Pete, so you don't have to remember things. That's the whole point of writing things down. You know, you don't memorize your grocery list. You write it down so you can just look at it. Um, I think the primary reason that women's pro sports or women's pro basketball, but women's pro sports in general took such a longer time to get uh, off the ground, was frankly because until 1969... Uh, only 1% of athletic budgets went towards women's sports. It wasn't until Title IX was passed, the the part of that whole civil rights package, that schools were forced to provide equal funding for women's programs. And so it wasn't until you had that late 80s, early 90s generation of women players uh, like uh, Rebecca Lobo and the others who went on to, to win the gold in the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta Uh, You didn't actually have athletes who were trained to the point where they could go pro in an organized sort of mass league the way the WNBA does. Now, granted, there were always women playing basketball professionally. We talk about a lot of them in the book. Uh, My favorite were the barnstormers. And barnstorming, I keep using this term, barnstorming um, was uh, stolen from theater, uh, where hopefully one day we will once again be doing the show. (laughs) (laughs) And I can hear you guys. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you you tour around and you'd, you'd go and you play people uh, in a small town and you would play in a barn, right, because that was the only structure big enough to house everybody. Uh, although it had to be a pretty big barn to hold a basketball game. But it's just a term of art, you know what I'm saying? It's not as literal. Uh, but one of my favorite all-women's uh, pro teams was, was the Arkansas Redheads. Oh. Who were the all-redheaded uh, female barnstorming team. And, of course, a lot of them were wearing wigs. Okay. Uh, their best shooter was part Cherokee. Didn't want to dye her black hair, so she wore she wore a red wig. A lot of other people dyed their hair. So when you sweat a lot, I can't imagine that would have oh. that could have gotten grim oh. uh, in certain places. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, so uh,
0: this
3: is, yeah, this lack is of civil rights uh, education that or excuse me legislation. That's why it took so long for women's sports, pro sports, to get off the ground.
0: Uh, Here's a question from first-hand-up guy Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a comic. Who are your favorite basketball players who
3: make comics? So is Alex reading the question? He's going to dump it in now I now lost his video, too, so I can't see it. Oh, Oh.
1: sorry. So uh, first-hand-up guy Kareem Abdul-Jabbar question. First-hand-up guy Kareem (laughs) Abdul-Jabbar
3: question. Pete's doing a really great miming thing. I don't know what's going on. Kareem. Okay, I'm not the only one that lost, Alex.
1: Yeah, yeah, I lost Alex too. <laughs> lost
3: myself. Read the a Kareem time question. Away. Yep. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a favorite comic. Who are your favorite basketball players who makes comics? Well, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a, a comic. He also wrote a great book about his experiences with Coach Wooden that is referenced a lot in this book. I and mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is kind of a Renaissance man, and I, I really enjoyed all of his writings about basketball. And it was really great to read more of them is this book. Who are favorite basketball players who make comics? Well, uh, my favorite basketball comic of all time is the 1979 Jack Davis-drawn Dr. J. Rick Barry uh, Spalding ad, which I wrote a whole column about analyzing it on panel-by-panel panel over on 13thDimension.com if you, if you want a blast from nice. the past...
1: Little, little uh,
3: that's that's been my favorite basketball comic up until this point. The X Men famously were not big basketball players. I believe volleyball and baseball were their sports. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, one day, you know, perhaps. Oh, I scrolled up on the chat. More stuff's going on.
0: Uh, for those of you listening at home, Fred is looking through the questions. He can't hear me saying this, but that's what's going go on. I am. Oh, my favorite here. ABA team is the
3: Nets, Eduardo. I hope I'm not talking over Alex because I can't see him. He's just an—he's just an icon. Okay, I'm good. I'm just going to start rambling until Pete gets in the single day. Shut up. Uh, but yes, the New York Nets—they were the New York Nets at the time that uh, that they entered the the NBA when the NBA uh, absorbed them. Their big player at the time was Dr. J, and in fact, who uh, of the uh, the master dunker. In fact, uh, I will show you this. Let's do a little story time. Nah, it's story Sorry, time. people who are just listening to the podcast. It's not personal. That's Dr. J. That's our only double page spread. It's silent. It's a Dr. J at the oh, 1976 wow. ABO All Star Game in um, Denver, which was where the first slam dunk contest was. Yeah,
1: uh,
3: but yeah. So Dr. J was the, the reason they brought him into the, uh, the the reason the whole reason the ABA absorbed was absorbed by the NBA was to get Dr. J into the league. Yep. Uh, and the other ABA teams are can you name them? Tribute. Trivia. We know the Nets, right? There's three more. What are they? They are? They are the Pacers. Oh. The Nuggets, and now I'm playing... Spurs. Spurs. Spurs is the fourth like. one. Wow. <laughs> ah, that's right. Yeah. No I bullets were the original uh Good uh, nice um, job, guys, thanks for the fish. Someone yeah, well, the funny thing, yeah, I know. I know that Marvel, Marvel also hired me to do to work on the Golden Warriors mascot or the Golden State Warriors mascot. Believe it or not, that was like four years ago. Nothing ever came to that. I don't know what the heck that happened. Squires not going to be a team. Uh, Alex is Alex. Again, I don't want to talk over Alex. Alex, there's not a ton of focus on the modern era in the book. Was that because it's so familiar to the audience? Um, so. The mandate from the publisher was to include not just the NBA, because obviously it's not the comic book store or the NBA, but college ball and the women's, women's ball and um, the, uh, we do street ball, we do Native American uh, in, uh, uh, in basketball and, and all that good stuff. Um, so really, 162 pages sounds like a lot, uh, until you add in the international game and everything else, so and I also like I read a lot of history. In my in my personal opinion, anything that ten years to me is the buffer zone between current events and history. If it happened ten between now and ten years before, not history, it's current events because then you, you the last thing you want to do is write a book and then immediately have it be uh, obsolete. Um, you know, very sad, among uh, uh, among many of the other terrible things that happened in 2020, uh, in January we lost Kobe Bryant, one of the all-time yeah. greats, and uh, I was bummed that I had to tweak a caption. I could, all I could really do was tweak a caption in the book acknowledging and mourning his passing. And uh, that's definitely an example of something where uh, current events caught up to, and, you know, Kirby, or Kobe's career, you know, Ended more than ten years ago, so it fell even even in my buffer zone of ten years. I still got uh, still got caught there um, with you know not being able to address something uh, that where current events overtook the history that was in the book. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool. I'm getting a, Just keep talking. Well. I, killing yeah. uh, what else do you want to plug before you, that you let me go um well I mentioned this mm-hmm. let me grab this uh this is for a bit younger this is action presidents. this is in full color we have George Washington Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt uh and JFK and that's available literally everywhere including Walmart of all places um so go and check that out. Uh, I'm doing the Dynamite Zombie Crossover Die! exclamation point! Uh, the first issue that drops just in time for Halloween next month. Uh, and there's a lot of cool stuff in the works that, you know, like your previous guest, Matt, uh, I can't talk about it. But that's what we got.
0: Cool. All right. Fred, thank right. you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, sorry, sorry about this. this. Uh,
3: maybe we'll do a test next time, but just so you know, it, it, most of the time I could not... Here, you guys. I had to do the weird toggle thing, and then it said I couldn't do the toggle thing while my I was on screen. So I don't know if that helps. Uh,
0: okay, that does help. But thank uh, you, thank uh, you uh, and thank for you putting up my,
3: with my foolishness. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. You. Bye.
0: All right, uh, oh, Fred Van Lente, everybody. Uh, as mentioned, this was all about uh, the comic book story of basketball of uh, fast. Break History of Hoops. Oh, you can't see it anyway, because you can't. I was holding up the comic.
1: Yeah, that's not uh, going to help. You You're still right. can't see me.
0: Nope. Right? Can't see you at all. Ben the Border Collie says was a slam duck of an interview. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Someday, someday, all this tech stuff will be figured out. The thing is, I can see myself on here, and I can see you. I can see Fred, and I can hear everybody. But everybody has different stuff. You know? Anyway, I'll tell you what. I think we're going to move into our next section, which is go. the uh, least technically crazy part of the show. Audience okay. questions! Woo-hoo! And for your audience questions, all you need to do is drop a question either in the comments over on the tube or ask a question over on Crowdcast. Already a ton of them there, so I'm going to go to Crowdcast first for the moment. Maybe my video will pop at some point because I look amazing tonight. Uh, Mike Benecke, <laughs> parent of Griffin Freshman, said, so did Pete move just to be in a swing state? If so, that's really gutsy, almost Punisher-level
1: gutsy. Is that true, Pete? Is that why you moved to Philly? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to make a difference, you know, really trying to go where my voice can be heard a little bit better. Yeah. No, uh, I moved for love. I moved for love. <laughs> First hand-up guy says, Pete's voting for Trump, just to be clear. No, nope. <laughs> that's 1st hand-up
0: guy. Definitely not true. Uh, I will mention, it, you probably all know this, but it is National Voter Registration Day. We don't tend to get very political here on the show, but uh, for real, make oh, sure that take. your voter registration is up to date. Double-check it, because sometimes people just fall off the rolls. Register, make a plan to vote, 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 vote. All of you have to vote this year. No option if you're listening and you're too young to vote, I uh, encourage your parents and old people in your life to vote. Um, because we need to get out the vote and get it there big time. There you go, nothing is more important right now for the future of the world. But on to talking about comic books. Big says over on the tube, Are you guys ever going to do a podcast for season two of Abel Academy? Uh, I feel embarrassed about that. <laughs> 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 we're slowly we're, yes.
1: trying to do make that happen
0: yeah i i mean in all honesty this is like the most boring uh answer possible, uh, but we've been doing the Boys podcast. That's the one that is like happening right now, so we're really concentrating on getting Boys episodes out on time every Friday when the new episodes hit. Umbrella Academy, we just haven't had the time to stay up with it, but no. I think we're going to try to tape the next episode the next day or two and put that up, uh, get caught back up. It's definitely top of mind, but with Justin flitting back and forth with work, life happening with all of us, been tough to keep up but it is still on the docket to get forward i think we have what one more episode of season one to do yeah i think that's part of the reason we held off is we all wanted to do the season finale together but we'll get there yeah there you go uh all right uh another question here from crowdcast from first hand up guy recently discovered dr doom was known as fatalis in France, the 80s or 90s. What are some other villains' European names? If you don't know, which is reasonable, can you please make them up? I do love Fatalis. That's a
1: good name. You would like that name.
0: Yeah. I'd also. Apocalypse in France is called L'Apocalypse.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, any other <laughs> Pete, you got one? No, no, I'm not going to. I, yeah, I have no, no idea. Unfortunately, I'm not that well traveled to know that, but um, it would be fun. Well, you can make up one. Part of the answer, you can make up one if you want. Oh, well, then uh, it's definitely uh, uh, Lahuba is one of my favorites. Nice. Aren't you glad I made that up?
0: Yeah. Uh, and it, interestingly, I mean, this isn't a comic book character, but the last one, and I guess we can move on. Uh, in France, King Kirby is called a Royale with Kirby. Oh, I knew you were gonna, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was gonna go there. Uh, all right, uh, a couple of from over on the tube. Hey, wait, Salves, what are you drinking? What? Well, what am I drinking? Uh, I am having a Lagunitis supercluster. It's a Citra Hop Mega IPA of intergalactic proportions.
1: Wow. What about you,
0: Pete?
1: Uh, I'm finishing off a, uh, a little bottle of white wine that we had from dinner last night. Uh, first it up,
0: guys. Very nice. Uh, first it up, guys. I was typing a Black Panther Royal joke as you said that. Uh, I'll be totally honest. That was my first thought, but it didn't feel appropriate to make a joke about. It. So there you go. Uh, All right. Over to the tube. Anthony Latch, WandaVision. How amazing. What do you think? Did you watch that WandaVision
1: trailer, Pete? I I did. It continues to be uh, tripped out and weird. Uh, I'm nervously excited for it. I think they, you know, it's great that they have the actors from the movie. So it'll be interesting to see how Tom King it is. Well, also,
0: Catherine Hahn is in it. I feel like there was so much conversation about her in the athletic wear, hanging it out on their countertop. There's, uh, if you watched it on TV during the Emmys, and I'm pretty sure you didn't because nobody watched the Emmys, there was a shorter version that was broadcast on TV than the one that was online. Mm -hmm. So, like, I watched it on TV, it was like, oh my God, this is great. This is amazing. I love this change of genres. Everything about this looks weird and good and interesting. Uh, and then watch the uh, the online version, and it was that much longer. And it has that great scene where Catherine Han is in the car, that Vision wakes her up. You, you saw that, and uh, he, she's like, "Am I dead?" And he's like, "No. Why would you think that?" And she's like, "Because you're dead." And then starts laughing. So creepy, so weird, so
1: good. Great. Right. I can't wait. I'm I'm nervous. And, i'm very because the the comic has a kind of a depressing tone and i'm wondering if the show is going to have that as well
0: yeah and i'll mention uh og over at youtube says kitty Foreman confirmed in the mcu i love that they are fleshing this out with classic sitcom people that's so cool so much fun uh and there's also, I'm sure you all caught this, but there's a little blip of Monica Rameau in there, now all grown up from Captain Marvel that you could see. Uh she gets thrown out of something is lying on the ground. Uh, And that's a great tease as well. So very, very exciting. Um, Another one here, uh, Nelson Martinez says, Have you guys heard the rumor that Tom Holland may play Link in a Zelda show on Netflix? (laughs) Definitely just a rumor. I'd be super down for that, you guys. He'd be a perfect
1: Uh, Link. That's hilarious. Is that because you don't like to hear him talk? I don't know about that, but I just think that... When you think Link, that's, that's, a, that's a joke
0: about Link. That's a joke about Link not having dialogue, Pete.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm aware of what the joke was. i was trying to move past Thank it Pete. and just say that he <laughs> looks the part in a kind of funny way.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I feel like anytime there's a fan casting for anything, now Tom Holland comes up. You know, so I love him. He's why cool, you, Yeah,
1: why are you mad at him for being in the conversation?
0: our stuff.
1: Let yeah, he did. He did some weird Netflix movie about being a bad guy. I didn't see it. Devil All the Time. It's
0: based on that Evie Murray song. My girl likes to devil all the time. Devil, devil song, all the time. That's not how the song goes. No, that's how the song goes. No. I, I lived through that period. Oh, my God. question. I wonder, when, wonder what everyone's favorite and least favorite Halloween candy is. Pete, what's your favorite and least favorite Halloween candy? Also, everybody be safe this year, and maybe don't go out on Halloween. Go ahead, Pete.
1: Um, Peeps is my least favorite. Um, I do like candy Peeps corn on Halloween. Yeah,
0: what? I do like candy corn as well. Candy corn is vastly underrated. Yeah, but Peeps is an
1: Easter candy. What are you talking about? Uh, well, they Peeps is you know they use Peeps in a lot of different stuff. Yeah, I hate it when people are always handing
0: me pieces of turkey when I go out on Halloween. That's the worst. Or like, Valentine's Day hearts.
1: <laughs> so it's like, yeah, hey, you want a turkey
0: leg? Uh, oh, yeah. Slice. Oh, I was thinking, like, sliced flesh turkey directed direct to your mouth. Oh, nice. Yeah, have a little carving station right there. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing, I don't know if there's a widespread thing, though. I assume it is, but I just can see it around. Uh, the plan for this Halloween, uh, my wife told me, is to... Stand on a uh, uh, stoop and throw candy at the kids.
1: Yeah, if you because you have yeah. like a window, you can just open up your window and throw candy down to them. And be like, get the fuck. Yeah, out they're of here. calling it. the The phrase she used was yeet the treat." <laughs> 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 I oh it was man, funny! Your wife is hilarious, man. She is very funny. I oh, like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeet oh, wait, I didn't answer. Uh, favorite Halloween
0: candy. Uh, I feel like either any sort of Reese's peanut butter cup always yeah. go for that first, or always. Sour Patch Kids. That's like the second one. No. Um, do you know what the worst? And I know nobody's going to agree with me on this. The worst one for me on Halloween is Twizzlers. I love Twizzlers. Well, then what are the you individually saying? Individually packed. The individually packed with the shorter Twizzlers. They taste wrong. Like, they don't taste exactly right. And it's. I always get so excited because I'm like, yes, Twizzlers, my favorite candy. And then
1: I open them up, and they're just not the same thing at all. It's very weird. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I guess, like, those little packs of Twizzlers where it's, like, a little small, like, two-pack or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Sour Patch is not a second in Halloween candy. It's, like, Sour Patch is great. Sour Patch is fantastic. But, like, uh, when you kind of dump your bucket out or your pillowcase after you're mm-hmm. back from your trick-or-treating days, for me, it kind of goes... Uh, and we should just clarify, Pete was talking about last year. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, last year. Uh, it goes, like, all right, Reese's Peanut Quarter Cups one, and then it's, like, Butterfinger Twix, kind of, like, for me, is the, mm-hmm. the second... Do you know what actually is maybe
0: the worst one, though? It's very much not to say something about something that actually is a mixed bag, is a mixed bag. But uh, back in Parks, when we were trick-or-treating, all the stores would give out candy. Yeah. But some of the stores would like give out the candy they had around anyway, not actual Halloween candy. So it would be <laughs> like little, tiny little fruit candies or after dinner bits or things uh-huh. like that. That that's a bummer. That just fills up your bag. That doesn't do anything good.
1: Yeah, that's no bueno. Uh, Great question. Uh, Let's a lot of three musketeer love. I I just want to be like, yeah, three musketeers.
0: Yeah, three musketeers, the best. Uh, But uh, not my number one on Halloween. That's I love them, but not my number one on Halloween. Uh, Ramsey Hassan says. Anybody watching Raised by Wolves, it's the best on TV. Pete will dig it. I am crazy for that show. I love that show. Pete, have you checked it out yet?
1: I haven't. It's like HBO Max or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that, so I don't know. I can't no, do it. you have HBO? No. no.
0: Then you don't have HBO Max. Yeah, uh, yeah it is great. It is like I... I particularly watch the first two episodes and tell me that you're not completely hooked on it because it's sci-fi madness. Every episode adds new details. And I will tell you all on this podcast, on this live stream here, um, I watched the end of the season. And while it definitely does tie everything up, uh, it, it continues to go batch insane through the last episode where things happen that are just, crazy every episode like there's it certainly feels very much like lost in this first season both in terms of you don't know what's going to happen episode to episode but also that feeling of like oh, it's gonna go wildly wrong at some point but it hasn't quite got there yet uh it's great well welcome back it so.
1: it's nice to be able to see you again it was weird uh to... oh hello yeah um Yeah, uh, Stray Bullet points out a good... I I won't be able to watch Harley Quinn Season 3 without Max, so I'll have to get on it and join Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm gone again. uh, Let's not talk about that for the audio podcast.
0: Not bother. Anthony Latch, and Tube asked, what character do you want to see for a Disney plus Marvel show for? I want to see Great Lakes Avengers. I mean, I'll mention, this is one that's already happening, but I lost my damn mind about Tatiana Maslany, uh being cast as She-Hulk. That's yeah. great. I can't wait. I'm so excited. That's my favorite
1: casting I've heard in a long time. Yeah, that's very exciting. I'm ve- That should be a really done well, which I think it will be a uh, great show, and I'm really looking forward to uh, checking that out. I'm all, uh, I'm all in on that. Yeah.
0: Uh, Joe says, do you think it will be a fun Shulk show? Uh, yeah, I think so. Tatiana Maslany, I feel like a lot of people don't know this. She actually has an improv comedy background. That's how she started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she got hired for Orphan Black after that. I think she probably did a couple of roles in between. But I'll mention the... I've only interviewed her once when I was back at MTV, and this was before Orphan Black launched. I'd watched the first couple of episodes, loved it. And if you've never watched Orphan Black, go watch it. and uh, It's awesome. Uh, but she came in, and the idea of the show, again, if you haven't seen it, is she plays a bunch of different clothes, So... In the interview, she came in. They were in no rush because nobody had seen the show. and Nobody really cared about the show. Uh, so she came in and uh, did the interview. We did all the interview things we did. And then I threw out her like, hey, I had this idea where we can get you to interview yourself and ask yourself some interview questions. Would you be up for that? And we'll do like, we'll edit it together with a split screen. She's like, yeah, no problem. And because we were doing it very off the, on the spur of the moment, we just filmed her twice without any, like, syncing up or anything like that. And she did it perfectly, like, absolutely perfectly and hilariously, where she did her lines, interviewing herself, but timed them out perfectly. And I think about that all the time when I watch her stuff, like just how funny she was, how professional she was, uh, how quick she was to jump in and get the idea, uh, and she made it better with a couple of suggestions. Just great. She's great. I'm very excited. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I think it'll be good. Uh, let's get another question here from Crowdcast. Nick Kelly: says, Will we ever meet the women of Comic Club? Hmm. The what? You broke up. Oh, will we ever get the women of Comic Book Club? Ooh, that would be fun.
1: Great. No elaboration, Pete. Well, I feel like it would be uh, <laughs> it would be interesting to. Watch you hand something over to somebody else. I don't know if you could do it. Uh, oh, this is about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, it would be really fun to see you hand control of the show over to your wife and to watch you while she d- does it. I think that would be my favorite part. Uh, yeah, I could do that. I could step away at any time. I'm not even here right now to the people <laughs> watching on video. That's true. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, I think it would be uh, a lot of fun, especially because um, it's, it's fun to see, you know, you and your wife interact and Justin and his wife interact. Um, So it'll be fun to get like different kind of sides of who we normally get to talk to. So I I think that would be a lot of fun. All right, let's see what happens. Maybe it's a good idea.
0: No. Um, question from Stray Bullet. The question is probably more for Alex because he's one of the few people who finds redeemable qualities in the Flash. What's the deal with the Speed Force? We're trying to figure it out earlier in the Slack. You can't burn it out. Hide in it. Merge with it. Transfer it. Get lost in it. Trap someone in it. Have a dunk your Dunkaroos. What's the deal with the Speed Force? Uh, great Zouft, question. Defend the Speed Force. I really can. I think the Speed Force was a great idea originally that has become this catch-all for solving every single problem. Yeah. And as much as I love the Flash, I do not love that their major relationship is with the Speed Force, that they refer to the Speed Force as a person, feelings, and whatever, which yeah. get into on the show. It's just like, I think it was Mark Lee that introduced the Speed Force, right? And this idea of there was this thing that connected all the different speedsters. Smart idea. Very cool. But then, I mean, I don't know how many people have read necessarily Speed Metal, which is a very fun book that I enjoy and we'll be talking about it on a stack. But there's stuff that happens where they're like, yeah, it basically does anything. We can do anything with yeah. it. And so it becomes this easy thing like magic in comic books and stories in general, where if you don't have rules behind it, you can do anything. And because of the uh, continual nature of comic books, they need to keep raising the stakes in terms of what the speed force can do. Uh, and that ultimately diffuses, in my mind, the power of the idea. So I you know you asked me to defend it. I can't defend it. I'm sorry.
1: Ah, <laughs> got gotcha. you.
0: Yeah, thanks, Pete. You got me. Uh, Let's jump over to YouTube. Nelson Martinez says, which was your guy's favorite Emmy
1: win? I have to give it up to Regina King for Watchmen. You guys? Pete? Yeah, Uh, that was huge. Um, Regina King is a legend. Uh, Everything she does is phenomenal. Love her work. So happy she was cast on the show. Um, I was also... uh, the guy who played Dr. Manhattan got an Emmy, didn't he? Or was he just nominated? Yeah, yeah. Abdul-Mati in the second. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He did. Oh. In fact, two Dr. Manhattans won. Him and Billy Crudup won oh, for wow. The Morning Show. Oh, wow. So two
1: Dr. Manhattans. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan. Not my clean joke. It, I can't take up
0: nice. credit for that. But uh, uh, yeah, but it, it was... Uh, He, his awards existed in multiple time periods over the course of the night. (laughs)
1: That's great. And John Oliver won, which I'm excited about. That show's phenomenal. Yeah. I think uh, I was very excited for the Regina King one. I clapped for that and
0: also excited for Watchmen and Yahya Abdul mateen That was great. Uh, The one that caught me, though, was Zendaya for, yeah. was. So excited for her. I couldn't believe she wouldn't. I love Euphoria, uh, and she is amazing on it. So that was a big, big surprise. I know that's not a comic book thing, but it's kind of the one that I was the happiest about. Yeah. That's kind of a comic book thing. Sure. Nerd, Speaking of comic books, though, from Bed to the Border Collie, what comic book character would make for the best drinking
1: buddy? Ooh. It depends on what you mean by best drinking buddy. Like, are you there for the stories? Are you there for like, you know, getting into some scrums at the bar? Like, what kind of mm-hmm. night are you looking to have? Uh, That's but a good I, question. I feel like, you know, uh, Logan, although probably can't, you can't hang with him drinking wise, it would just be unbelievable to drink with him at a bar.
0: Yeah. I mean, all these people being mentioned in the comments Ben Grimm, Thor, Wolverine, Hercules. You, uh, he, Hercules, you would die. I mean, yeah. they would be fun. Up until you died. Until you <laughs> no. died, yeah. Uh I do think this is a mild bit of spoiler that I won't get into, but uh Jennifer Walters might be fun. Like she Hulk. Yeah. Like it's like not Hulk, you're not drinking with Hulk or anything like that, but she she seems like she likes to have a good time and she'd be fun to chat with and uh, you know, you could ask lots of questions about being a Hulk. That'd be a good one. Uh Charles Xavier That would not. Here's the goal. Like the goal of getting Charles Xavier drunk with Charles Xavier is to get him drunk enough to take off the helmet
1: (laughs) and then chug out of the helmet. Uh, I would try to get him drunk enough so I could take his wheelchair. Oh, God. Pete. (laughs)
0: Dark. Jesus Christ. No. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, dear. All right. Here we go. Uh, this is from Kevin. Followed on from the author of Ten Dead Comedians being on the show, what are some of your favorite non-comic works by comic creators? Oh, constantly feel like Kevin's trying to stump
1: us. Yeah. <laughs> so, comic creators, non-comic work. Well, we've talked a lot about Fred Van Lente's actual book um, that was really great, where it was about like a kind of who done it at a Comic-Con. Um, that was, a I really, oh, yeah, that was fun very effort. fun. Uh, yeah, that Charles Scholes, like last two book books
0: were really unbelievable. They were, uh, also talking about other folks that we've had on the show, a bunch, uh, Greg Pox uh, Kickstarter manual. If you're ever thinking about starting a Kickstarter, he has a essential manual for how to run it. Uh, that's great. You should definitely check that. Uh, first head up guy, Mance, uh, mentions a once crowded sky by Tom yeah. King, that is a great suggestion. Uh, you know, the uh, here's my story about that that I'll mention, is I was covering Baltimore Comic-Con back before Tom King had any comic book work, and he had just released a once crowded sky. And I remember, I think I've told this on this show before, but I didn't have a lot to do with the con because there wasn't a ton going on there. So mostly I was just walking around the con floor in a circle. And the first day I walked by and I saw Tom King there and I went up and I was like, Oh, Hey, I love the book because I had already read it uh, Mm -hmm. for my uh, job. And uh, so we chatted about it a little bit. He was super friendly. We had a nice time chatting, I think. Um, And then he was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got all these books here. And then the next day I came back and I was like, hey, Tom, how's it going? How was your day yesterday? He's like, well, I sold out of all the books. Wow. <laughs> by, I think, the next week or two, he had signed up to do probably Omega Ben. Uh, with DC oh, Comics, yeah. and it was just like up, up, up from there. So it was just funny checking a bit over that weekend and being like, I need to go to the bookstores locally in Baltimore and pick up all the copies to sell them um, because it was just clear from that point
1: on that it was a star. Uh, yeah, I mean, Omega Man, I remember when that came out, that was so such a great book. So yeah. fun to talk about. Every so day. good. Uh,
0: but yeah, good call there. Uh, and a lot of calls out for Joe Hill's books uh i don't know if that counts because he started in novels and then he went to comics um but his books are great i just finished we were talking about this in the patreon slack a little bit i just finally finished strange weather his novella collection which is real good and i'll mention for the people here on the podcast uh, without any spoilers i was very surprised by this the first novella is a lock and key story like it's Uh not clear That it's a lock and key story initially, but by the end, it is very clear there's an illustration from Gabriel Rodriguez. uh, So that was a fun surprise. Uh, I'll warn you, though, as you you might expect, the stories are very dark. And in particular, the second one is real hard to read. Pure Cut PhD says, I will never get over the firemen. Uh, That is a novel. That is a big book. I'm reading Full Throttle, which is his latest collection right now. Uh, Good stuff. Joe Hill, doing real well. There you go. That's uh, good. We're right. From C.T. Kook, if you could have a three-on-three basketball game, who would you pick for teams? Pete, Marvel, Alex, D.C.
1: Ooh, <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right. All right. That's Here very specific. Three-on-three. Three-on-three mm. basketball. Three-on-three three basketball. I'm trying to think of who's the tallest. Yeah. I mean, tall- I can go
0: first if you need a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. got right. it. But, Superman, because we're going to win. Uh, we're going to do that batman for strategy what and then elongated man because he could just stretch right over to the basket and get it in <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's great that's great. yeah, yeah. so uh, but uh, wait Fantastic. i don't know if
0: 3 on 3 i think i did it like 3 on 3 in this scenario i'm the coach <laughs>
1: yeah uh so, so it have to be two Fantastic other plastic to yeah. cover your guy yeah um uh <laughs> i would go with um Let's go with the Supreme uh, to be the Superman uh, matchup. And then uh, who do I want to put on Batman? Who do I want to stick on Batman? Yeah, I'll go Nightcrawler just because he can Man, you're just doing defensively is what's
0: going on. Also, I'm an idiot. I'm going to choose Sportsmaster. (laughs) (laughs) Also about Batman, put in Sportsmaster. Okay. All right. yeah, Because I don't think we can lose. Uh, First up, guy says, no speedsters. Uh, yeah, that feels like cheating. I don't know. Uh, from Joe, who's everyone's favorite fictional basketball <laughs> What is going on? Oh, right. We had Fred on the show talking yeah, about what basketball. T- uh, what, who who's everyone's favorite fictional basketball player? Why is it a big lob from the G.I. Joe the movie?
1: Yes! Big lob, baby! G.I. Joe the movie is fantastic. Is this oh. the one with Channing Tatum? No, no. It's the animated movie. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about it. Oh my god. Come on. Sergeant Slaughter, dude? Come on. Uh, my favorite uh fictional basketball player is Bugs Buddy. That's smart. I'm gonna have Thank to you. go with uh I'm gonna have to go with uh Tiny Tunes. Um Oh man, who do I wanna pick? I'm gonna go with Tasmanian Devil. Nice. Yeah.
0: Last question here from Edward Doherty. I recently read some of Fables after not thinking about the comic for a decade. Seems strange with a huge Vertigo title like that, with multiple spinoffs seem to have no current influence considering the ongoing Sandman and Swamp Thing titles. Can you think of any other comic hits that seem to have just faded from memory today? And why do you think
1: some titles resonate and others don't? Well, what was tough about Fables is like, Fables had a, a lot of talks for television deals, and then it seemed like they just kind of like kind of shelled the idea because Fables is based on a kind of public property. They were like, "We'll we'll just kind of take that and make our own." And there was like a couple like Fables like TV shows that came out at once that kind of like competed against each other and knocked each other out. Uh, but yeah, it, that's that's it's weird how that happens because. Fables is an amazing property, and if somebody kind of really did it justice, it would be a hit fucking show. Uh, Yeah,
0: I mean, I think you're right. Part of it is probably that Once Upon a Time, which ripped off Fables, was hugely popular and continues to be hugely popular. Um, Isn't there – I mean, I really hesitate to say this out loud because I don't know all of the details – but wasn't there a thing with Bill Willingham, the creator yeah. of Fables, yeah. where like, he was accused of several not-so-savory things? So that might be something that's tainted it, versus Neil Gaiman, who still has a very good relationship with DC Comics, still works with him, still publishes things in the comic book industry. Um, so that might be part of why it worked. But again, I might be misremembering things. There's yeah, I don't know if it was
1: something... I know that there was something where Bill and the executives didn't see eye to eye, but I don't know if it was something that, like, he said something and got backlash. It was more like he kept fighting for his property, and it became more expensive than them ripping off his idea or something like that. I don't know if it was, like, all that, but. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, to your point, though, there
0: are a lot of things that have, uh, flounder is probably the wrong word, but just not gotten picked up in the same way. And I think part of it is like, Sandman is not just one of the best-selling graphic novels of all time, it's one of the (laughs) best-selling books of all time. So they're going to keep going back to that. Well, that's something that has inspired so many different writers, so of course they want to tackle it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple of mentions here of things like uh, Unwritten, 100 Bullets, Um, Astro City. Yeah, Astro City. And uh, a lot of those also are like, those are very specific to the creators. So it might also be the creators being like, no, I told the story I want to tell. I don't want to go on with anything, you know, versus, oh gosh, I am forgetting who we talked to the other day. Oh, it was Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen was talking about Once in Future. And I think he was saying that that is the property that he thinks like, could continue going forward if somebody really wanted to pick it up. Right. Um, Which I think is D like if you hit a place where you're like, yep, this is the thing that could go on forever. That's great. Uh, But if you feel proprietary about it, I'd rather lean towards that as well. You know? Yeah. All right. There you go. That's it for your audience questions. And now it is time to turn it over to Pete for our next section, which is a little section called. The trivia.
1: All right. This is part where we give back to you, the lovely audience, where it's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics Online. Oh, if you know, go put just put a hand up or do you raise your hand emoji? Uh, you know, hey, we got one. We got a couple. All right. Ooh, who do you want to choose, Pete? It looks like uh, we have. That's your choice. Co- Golly, and then John George. Should we bring in John George? We haven't had yeah, him on yeah, a we haven't had, Yeah, let's do that. All right, there we go. It'll be nice to see his
0: lovely little face. Here we go. Bringing him into the stream. Pete, what are you going to give away this week, you think? A $25 gift card to you, Midtown Comics?
1: Oh, yeah. That's definitely what I would like to try to give away. Nice. Well, uh, while, while we're waiting, I'll just read the quick rules here. Uh, I'm going to oh, read yeah, you know. a question, listen to all three possible answers, and then get all qu- three questions right, and $25 will be yours. Mm. So it you is can- on Topical Comic News. Thank you, Edward.
3: Mm,
1: great. Okay, so Topical Comic News.
0: And... You need to read the you read the questions, or you read the answers? Which no, one? no, I read the questions, and then they okay. would select the right answer. All right. Maybe John's having some uh, trouble connecting. Should I just do it for him? We could bring Fred back
1: into the stream. Yeah, yeah, that went well. I think that went yep. well. Uh, considering. Yeah, he did, considering. Yeah, send a great it job.
0: again, John. I feel bad,
1: but he did a great job.
0: Yeah. Oh, send it again. All right, here we go. You know what? This is going real smooth tonight. Yeah, I think so. There. Here we go. Inviting John George into the stream again. We'll see what happens. Says he's accepted and connecting. Uh, Beer Cat PhD is blaming Justin for this somehow. I could not Couldn't agree, agree more. more. Yeah, Couldn't agree more. He just jetted off to Los Angeles in the middle of a pandemic. With wildfires,
1: yeah, it seems sketchy. Come on, man, it's ridiculous. Oh uh, man, how's uh, it going, map? Pete? Good. It's uh, someone asked about my map, uh, it's a map of Maui. A friend of mine uh lives in Maui and I went to visit him and I like maps. Um, yeah, I mean, should we go with uh, the next one in, in line then if we can't get uh, John going here? Sure, if you want alright so you're, you're the star of trivia, Pete, so whatever you want to do. All right, I guess it, it looks like first-hand-up guy was next on the list. Okay. <laughs> Here we go, inviting him into the stream. Let's sorry, John. Happens.
0: Yeah, we sorry, tried. John. We
1: tried twice.
0: First-hand-up guy turns out to be second-hand-up guy, even though he was, in fact, first-hand-up guy. But we are didn't throwing see him it. into the stream. You didn't see it? No, I didn't see him there. Oh, man. Uh, that's too bad. Pete. Oh, here oh. he is. Oh, oh, hello. hello. Hey, hey,
2: hey Nat. Are How are you doing? I'm, <laughs> I'm doing great. This is a, such a wonderful show. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I just always enjoy watching it and listening to you guys talk about comic books.
0: Oh, thank oh. you. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate uh, you saying that everything went completely smoothies. There were no problems.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I can't name one. <laughs>
0: oh, great. Are uh, you ready to play some trivia,
2: Nat? I would love to.
0: All right, great.
1: great. Take it away, Peter. All right, question number one. What TV show is giving away a free digital comic right now? Is it A, Ted Lasso, B, Raised by Wolves, or is it C, Fran Dresser? So it's either A, Ted Lasso, or it's B, Raised by Wolves, which I hear is very good.
2: You know... I, maybe it's just that you've heard it's very good, but I gotta go with B, Raised by Wolves. That, just that is right. correct.
1: That's correct. All right, here we go. Question number two. What company is going to be doing some horror-themed variant covers in October? Is it A, Image, B, Marvel, or C, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I, you can't look behind you for help. I don't know what you're doing there, Nat. <laughs> no. I
2: was just hoping there's a news ticker or something, Pete. I'm just, I'm just, I just need some kind of hint. I just can't figure it out.
1: Okay, all right. So it's either A or it's B. Uh,
3: I, I think it's, I think it's B.
1: B is correct. Yes, Marvel. Yes. We'll be doing some spooky-themed variant covers. <sighs> Here we go question number three i was looking at my one. marvel comics over there yeah i'm sure i'm sure dc unveiled first looks of a new villain the frost king for what upcoming event is it a endless winter b king's mission or c diane lane so it's either going to be a and 25 dollars will be yours or you could pick something else and not have $25.
2: To be clear, I can pick C if I want to.
1: <laughs> <coughs> if you want to be wrong, yes, you can.
2: I can't hear Pete's audio now, so I'm going to pick no, uh, A. I'm going to go with A, please.
1: A is correct. $25 yes. will be yours.
2: Oh, man. Again, I can't hear you guys, but I think I won.
0: Oh, my God. this is You are stressing me out so much. Sorry, uh, uh, sorry
2: uh, Alex. That was a mean thing to do.
0: <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh shoot us an email at comic book club live at gmail.com. You're gonna get a twenty five dollar gift card to midtown Comics to use online so you don't have to brave the store or anything like that. Thank you, Nat. Stay and safe t- out t- there. Enjoy your me. enjoy your boiled mitts. Uh Mama me it <laughs> <laughs> was a great way to cut off uh, I will mention The Raised by Wolves comic Not to keep talking about the show It's only eight pages but it's real good It's written by the creator of the show And it fleshes out some important information To understand about the show So if you are watching it uh, Definitely check it out uh, Speaking of checking things out Tomorrow is new what? comic book day Wait I want what? to point out Kevin oh, right. was right It is Jack Right, the Robin, the Robin Williams, Williams movie. Classic. You have got to be running out of Robin Williams movies. <laughs> How, but Are you recycling them? Nope. Did we already Not do Jack yet. and I forgot about it? Nope. Oh, Jesus Christ. How
1: close are you to running out, Pete? Close, unfortunately. So. <laughs> I'm
0: getting closer
1: every time. Oh, it's
0: heartbreaking. Oh, me. my God. As we all know, tomorrow is a new comic book day. We recommend you go to wherever you want to go to that is uh, safe and careful for your bodies. Yep.
1: Pete, what are you looking forward to? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I am looking forward to Black Magic number 14 as well as Daredevil number 22. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Any particular reason? Well, I'm hoping if I mention Daredevil number 22, you'll realize you didn't put that on our list. You can ask me. You can ask me. You're allowed to talk to me. Behind the scenes fun. Uh, Behind the scenes
0: fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh i'm looking forward to x of excuse me ten of swords yeah. creation number one from marvel for comics after
1: this it's definitely ten of swords
0: yes absolutely no uh we're definitely gonna be we're gonna be kicking off our stack podcast talking about this humongous 68 page issue why would you very excited to off? chat about it
1: we should save that don't start that. That's such an exhausting way to start it. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be wow.
0: very exhausting. Uh, but I am very excited about this event. This is the first big event in the new status quo for the X-Men. Uh, you got the whole team working on it. Jerry Dugan, who was on the show last week, plugged Duke. it pretty hard. So very excited to see what happens going forward. And I love a good old-school crossover. 22 parts, one story. Bring it on. This is like Phalanx oh, Covenant wow. all over again. Seems a bit much. I love it. Uh, it is. But excess is our nemo, as we always say. <laughs> Folks. That is it for our show. Before we wrap up, a couple of people I want to thank. I want to thank Matthew Klein, Valiant VP of Sales and Marketing, for being here. Also, Fred Van Lente for the comic book story of basketball with a Herculean effort, reading his own questions without ever being able to hear us. That's right, Hercules. Thank you, Fred. You do not deserve that. You are amazing. Uh, Also, next week on the show, we're going to have two folks here. We're going to have Steve Urena from Slowpokes which is a book all about uh, sloths that kill people. So you should really like that one, Pete. We're also gonna have another couple of folks here uh, that I forgot to write down the names of, but they're gonna be awesome, so don't worry about it. Uh, check out Let's Hear from the Boys, our boys got pass going up every Friday. Umbrella Pod Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast that goes up whenever. <laughs> Patreon.com slash comic club to support the show, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. ComicBookLoveLive.com for this podcast, more at Comic Book Live on Twitter. And thank all of you folks. Stay uh, safe out there. Don't forget to register to vote. Good night!